Everybody and welcome to another episode of Stand By Your Band. I'm Tom Takar, the Wolf of Dog Street, joined as always by the Prince of Snarkness himself, Tommy McNamara. How are you, Tommy? I'm doing very well. I went to my first uh, wedding uh, this weekend in over a year and a half. Wow. And yeah, it was fun. You know, you'd think that, you know, take all this time off and maybe I'd use all that I learned to behave better around an open bar, but it was exactly the same as all the other ones. But I had a very good time. There's a funny thing, uh, though, at this wedding they did where they had wristbands you could wear, where based on how much you wanted people to like touch you. Uh, Ooh, I love so, that. Yeah. So you could wear a green wristband for the green light, which is like, hug me. Bang whatever you know. Fuck me, kiss me if you want to reach me. Yep. Yeah, my uh, neck, my back, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yellow was talk to me, but don't touch me. And red was like wait. The, the thing was like wave to me from the other side of the street. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, yeah, it was a it was a funny system because the only wristbands were that people actually used were green or joke red. So. <laughs> I I think that if that's really funny, <laughs> people immediately just do it ironically. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that when we start bringing "Stand by Your Band" back, like touring, uh, we should require people to wear yellow wristbands if they're cool with uh, with uh, piss, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, and of course, everyone will be. It's it's really more of like, a, oh, you want the green one? You're out. <laughs> you can't come in. <laughs> oh no. Oh, green. Green means piss on me yellow means oh good piss. <laughs> red means something's wrong with my piss. red means bloody piss. red means uh you have kidney problems but i i'm i'm cool with it <laughs> uh that's uh that's incredible i thought you were gonna say it's been so long since i've been to a wedding i accidentally kissed the bride i thought that i was supposed to do it um we have uh, just a, a first-class guest on the show today, and I'm excited to, to introduce him. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Timlin is here. How are you, Timlin? Hey, what's up, boys? Uh, I'm good. I'm actually going to my first wedding in, uh, in 18 months Ooh. this Friday. I'm very excited. Yeah, I got my, I got my yellow wristband on, but I'm ready to roll. <laughs> that is for Lance Armstrong's wedding, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's a that's exciting stuff. I I gotta tell you, I was trying to think of a nickname for you on the fly, Timlin, and I thought of like simp related things, and it just didn't. Interesting. Work. It wasn't Why would working. You, interesting. I don't. What does that mean? Why did you do that? <laughs> I think because like Tim, if I added like a P in there, I guess I could have done like Pimplin or something, which is all. Yeah, that, you I don't like that. But you went either. the exact opposite way. It so felt more like you. the theme of this show. You know. I get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> We can't I'll have take a piss alpha. free. Yeah. I can just be. I'm, okay. I'm a. I'm a true piss free. I oh, like man. this show. Hell yeah! Uh, I just did your show. It was uh, super fun. Called Work Sucks. I know, and uh, just a great time. Thank you, man. I got Tommy a lot can't of do it because uh, he doesn't understand a hard day's work. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not recently. But <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, thank you for doing it, man. A lot of people of really liked uh, everything you had to say. I've been getting messages about it, so people are listening. Guys, get over there. Uh, Timlin's one of my favorites, and uh, you're about to see why. Timlin, just blow their socks off right now. Say something <laughs> crazy. It's tough because I am a, a real man, so my back has been blown out by carrying pigs inside of my store from Third Avenue. No, normally um, today was rough, bud. Rough. I've cut my finger talking. You oh, know, like when shit. you're just at work and you don't care. I'm having a conversation about the NBA playoffs and I'm like I, I'm gesturing with my hands and I just put the knife straight into it. Oh my god. Mike's a, a butcher for the yes. people who don't know. Not a, <laughs> oh yeah, my bad. <laughs> you, said, you said that you got your back blown out by a bunch of meat and it sounded very confusing. <laughs> All these pigs at my work blowing my back out. Dude, it's a tough time economically right now. You have to pivot. You have to make moves. Otherwise, like you know what I mean? I have a family, dude. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> i love that um <laughs> yeah i uh i'm currently uh i'm in indiana so i'm i'm gross yeah yeah i know Sorry. hey i get to say that um, i'm having fun yeah that was <laughs> you're you're welcome to it you ohio slob yeah i'm from uh, ohio we're kissing cousins <laughs> yeah we are and we're from ohio and indiana too um <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm I'm back here. I had to miss basketball with the boys. I'm bummed out. I bought a basketball at a Walmart today. Five bones. I mean, you can't what? beat it. You can't beat. It. I mean, it's a probably piece of shit basketball. But I'm at a bachelor party, and I like I'm. That's what I'm in town for. Is uh, a friend okay. of the show, former guest Dwight Simmons, uh, is uh, is tying the old uh, knot, and I'm uh, I'm going to his bachelor party this weekend in Bloomington, Indiana. And uh, my mom was like, make sure you don't get too crazy. And the reason we went to Walmart today <laughs> is that I was buying Nintendo Switch controllers for so that we could play Mario Kart at the Airbnb. So I was like, I don't think it's the type of bachelor party you're imagining, mommy. Uh, <laughs> but also, I bought a bet. I, like, I pitched to the group. I'm in this long email thread of people I don't even know. And it's a bunch of guys. And I was like, how about one of these days? Because it's a three-day long thing. I was like, what about one of these days we like sweat and play some basketball, you know? And it's like, I think, I don't know these guys, but I get it. I'm gathering that it's kind of like a bro-y crew. Cause it, uh, I think that some of these guys were like Dwight's frat guys or something. And this guy goes, that's actually an awesome idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool, man. <laughs> he's probably a good guy. He's organized the whole thing. He seems yeah. very enthusiastic. <laughs> that's actually an awesome idea. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited though, but yeah back in indiana baby and uh just listening to some warren zivon today and having a good time uh this has been a theme of episodes recently uh i i did not know shit about warren zivon until today and uh that's why we do these for an appreciation of warren zivon and uh boy i am glad that you brought him to my attention today uh michael timlin what do you wh- yeah, why dude. did you choose uh zivon um I think like my dad was obviously into classic rock. Uh, the classic rock stations always playing in the house, and it, you, those like you have Springsteen. Uh, my dad bought me my first CDs, which was like a Dylan box set of his first three albums, and you, you fall in love with those guys. But they're all like your dad's guys at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, Warren Zevon was like the first one in that class that felt like mine. Hell yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, also, I just, 
he's got a sense of humor, man. He's not so serious. Even his like really sad and depressing songs are still like laugh out loud funny. Yeah. Yeah. And that is like, you don't see that a lot. I know. I was I was surprised to see how cool and funny he was, and like, right. even in staring death in the eyes, just hilarious. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. something that I just I've been obsessed with since I first started listening to him. Was like he doesn't seem precious about his art, and I think that comes from like not finding success early and uh, not hiding his flaws. Like he, he is who he is, and yeah. uh, it's a funny, funny mess. Yeah, I also appreciate just what a booze bag he was for a given amount of time. And then, of course, he uh, like came out publicly and was like, I have a problem. Um, yeah. uh, you don't write werewolves in London and uh, on, <laughs> on no vodka. Yeah. I was just reading, someone did, this guy did a profile of him uh, in Rolling Stone. And the guy ended up just based on like the coincidence of when he met him, he ended up being at his intervention. Oh my God. <laughs> so crazy where he met him. And then it's like three weeks later, it's like the intervention is like his wife, Jackson Brown, and this guy <laughs> was writing the profile and like a few other people in uh, yeah, 1981. It was a fascinating read and like very, it's very dark, but then like, knowing everything that came after it's like night you know um like i watched you had brought up his letterman appearances so i watched there's a full compilation it's an hour and 40 minutes long of zivon on letterman performances interviews and he also just was the band leader a bunch of times uh, like playing with the band and it was the coolest shit in the world like that's what i mean like yeah there's not a lot of people who can do what he did or would be like uh Man, I've been using this word a lot lately, and it makes you want to put a G-U-N in my my mouth, but brave. Put a G-Unit? <laughs> but like, I keep saying it, and it's insane. I need I need an intervention to stop saying the word brave. But there's so many like singer-songwriters who it's like, it, if it's not my image that you've seen a million times, I will I will like fight a journalist to keep it from getting out. But mm-hmm. he's he does stuff like go on Letterman and be silly, and it's like, you can look at him and think whatever you want. He doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I should have done that because so Tommy told me today that uh, there was a VH1 doc about about Warren Zevon and it was incredible. It was really good. Yeah. It's so far the best because VH1 put a lot of bullshit out there and like, <laughs> yeah. or just a lot of like poorly made things. Although I yeah. mean the Jim Croce one was fun, but it's some of them are great. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but even even in within this VH1 documentary, one of the guys in it makes fun of VH1. He's like, because he, I think they, uh, Zivon's like, he's a two time uh, Grammy winner or something like that. And he's like, the guy's like, no, I only won one. Ah, oh, fuck it. It's VH1. They're not going to check. <laughs> um, but, you think yeah. Tom, you'll like this, Tommy, just based off what you said about, you know, you think you'd learn and then you go to the wedding and it's the same thing. I'm trying like desperately not to drink. And I was thinking back on like my friend group and everything. One of my friends one time were like just out of high school. And he's like, do you ever think we should maybe shouldn't drink as much? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, dude, it's like a behind the music without the music. <laughs> that's incredible. Damn, that's an all timer. That's great. That's an all timer. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. There's just so many alcoholics who have no art to lose. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's really funny. Did you did you drink at uh, the party on Saturday? Zero, bud. First time what? since I was a kid. Wow. That felt amazing. It felt like having a superpower. I'm I left tell feeling you, like I climbed. I left feeling brave. It pisses me right <laughs> off because I spent so much on booze, and then you just you just laughed it in the face. Slap in the face. Yep. Uh, 
Yeah, it's no, I, I, it was great to see it. Beautiful and, party. Yeah, we were bummed to not see Tommy, but he had a real wedding to go to, as he put it. Um, <laughs> not some practice. Uh, yeah, you don't even want to know what wristbands Tom made us wear. <laughs> um really fast i just i i like wasn't sure i was gonna mention the party or whatever on on this but it might as well uh we we hired this photographer (laughs) did you see the photographer oh yeah i was i was deep involved in that drama i loved it i loved every second of hearing about it it was raining when she got there and i was i was like maybe we shouldn't have the photographer but then we got her antonio made a good point where she was like it'll be funny like the pictures will be silly because it's all rainy and shit and i was like yeah it'll be funny and then she gets there just starts drinking and eating stuff and having a good time and then halfway through we're like oh i don't think she's she's taking like four pictures and then i just looked the uh, she finally sent them over she took a total of about 16 pictures <laughs> over three hours and that's why the one we posted is one where i'm kind of blocking antonia's face because it's like that's the be- that was like the best one we had <laughs> it was very funny yeah. but that was she's yeah. hanging out man I loved her. She was quite a, a fun aspect of the party, and uh, yeah. I'm happy she was there. But yeah, it was. I've been hung. I was hung over for like three days after that party, so it's good to be back in nice. Indiana and uh, not uh, and finally be able to sleep. Anyway, <laughs> I I was feeling the Zevon vibes today when yeah, I was yeah. watching this. I got it because uh, I was living that life on one night. Um, Anyway, yeah, he seemed cool as hell, and you could tell just how much respect David Letterman had for him and how much respect he had for Letterman that he went with the diagnosis that he was going to die, basically, and uh, and went on Letterman and was like, yep, that's happening, and Letterman's just like, oh, how's it going? It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that whole thing, it made me, like, very emotional. There's, like, you know, because it, it's all, it's basically like his diary from his diagnosis to recording that last album and doing the Letterman appearance. And it includes like some just diary entries he wrote and also just like showing you interviews and stuff. It's, and it's really well done. And it's also like, I like straight up teared up. Like there's a part where his daughter is pregnant with twins and she tells him they're going to give one of the twins the middle name Warren. And he just has this smile where it's like, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> like I, yeah, I, I was chills. not expecting to have a, a moment like I'm having right now. <laughs> Ugh, tough. Yeah. Uh, but God, what a, just the coolest, coolest guy. And Timlin, I found a list here before we get into, uh, oh wait, oh damn it. My computer crashed. I forgot about this earlier. So I lost the thing. Uh, okay, here it is. So this is, uh, six Warren Zevon facts. Even the biggest fan wouldn't know. Now, <laughs> I do recall you saying that you were the biggest fan and no one else could uh, surpass you on that list of biggest Warren Zevon fans, including David Letterman, and that you, in fact, are going to name any children that you have Warren Zevon. So, That'd be tight. That'd be tight. <laughs> uh, so let's see if you knew any of these fun facts. Can I, can I, just, can I just interject real yeah, quick? Yeah, I guarantee looked. I don't. I'm not an academic. <laughs> I, I, know, I can memorize lyrics real well, well, but in terms of like, when, what year did this? It's like, I'm not a nerd, dude. <laughs> All right, I'm so gonna fast. form this in terms of a quiz. <laughs> and y- look, hey, if you really feel that way, you shouldn't have put your money where your mouth was. Because no, if you don't get all these right, you owe us a couple cool G's, uh, <laughs> G U N's. That is. Uh, all right, here's the first one. Uh, this is the, this fact is called rock star roommates. Before they got big, Warren lived 
uh, with stars of what band in the 1970s? Fleetwood Mac. Oh, you got it. Look at that. Yeah. My ah, man. We got a ring. You think they fucked? Okay. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> his wife was extremely, uh, she was a very pretty lady. I, I assume that was his <laughs> wife at the end, unless uh, something weird was happening. Um, all right. Uh, the next one is called Suddenly a Sitcom Star. Warren had a two-episode cameo stint alongside Rick Springfield on the 90s sitcom, What? Martin, you're like, go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry. I said Martin. I was joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Rick Springfield's supposed to like give it away, dude. I don't. Know. Who's the boss? I don't know. So uh, the the clue here is suddenly a sitcom star. The yeah. show was suddenly Susan. Damn, dude! <laughs> a show that somehow has been forgotten in time because it's, I remember yeah. that name, but I have no. I could not tell you one <laughs> thing about that show. Um. No clue. Let me see if this one can be uh, formed as a as a trivia question. And this number the reality is. Oh yeah, this isn't really. This one's not great. Here, I'll just tell you what it is. It says the clue is "Don't let us get sick." That's the name of the thing. And then it says Warren was diagnosed with pleural mesothelioma, a cancer caused by exposure to asbestos. It has never been clear whether Warren, where Warren was exposed. It could have been on a job in his younger years in his dad's Arizona carpet shop or a number of other ways. The reality of asbestos is that it's everywhere in our homes, furniture, and sidewalks. So oh exposure God. can happen anywhere unless you know how to protect yourself. I don't know if that constitutes a fun fact there. I Huff that. Post. Uh, that's, this, is, this is a Huffington Post so article. Mike, where did he get his best? <laughs> Yeah, that one's pretty wild, man. Mr. Warren's Yvonne fan doesn't even know. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one, uh, this one doesn't count either. Uh, oh, dude, this was one of those quotes that I think I, I would get a tattoo of, and I, I feel like uh, I've heard people say it before, but I really love uh, this. This isn't a question. It's uh, it's from the Letterman thing, where uh, if he, he's asked like if he has any like thoughts on his life or whatever and he says enjoy every sandwich i love that that's that's a tattoo baby that's pretty good i think you should sell t-shirts that say that i think you as a as a fan as someone who's enjoyed every sandwich he's (laughs) ever had that's tight actually i think jared from subway should sell those (laughs) t-shirts uh yeah the next one isn't really a fun fact either this is a terrible list it's not good I really went into that blindly just by the title alone, but we had fun with it. Anyway, shall uh, should we hear some music? Let's, let's do it. Let's jump into this. Um, the first song that you put on this list was, of course, uh, I'm glad that you put this first because uh, before to. I before I learned anything about him, I was like, oh, that's the guy from that, yeah. like that's the song I would know him from. So the first song you put on here is Werewolves of London. Soho in the rain 
had to put it first for had that exact reason for yes. people who might be listening to the pod and be like i don't know any of his songs and it's like you definitely know one. Oh, you know honey you know is i think here's a fact i think it's his only top 40 hit is that true wow i think uh well i'm looking at the song facts about uh about this song and i'm trying to see if it says that in here what it does say is that, according to legend, a werewolf is a man who turns into a wolf when there is a full moon. <laughs> and, of course, the only way to kill one is to shoot it through the heart with a silver bullet. So, does that help us at that, all? That, that tracks, yeah. <laughs> it, it charted at 21 uh, in the States, which is exciting. But um, And Jackson Brown produced. Uh, it features the backing vocals of Mick Fleetwood and John McVie from Fleetwood Mac. Wow. Um, I think I learned through like the Letterman YouTube wormhole that Jackson Brown kind of, sort of, maybe like saved his life or at least, at least like pulled him out of obscurity. Like he was in Spain just said being like the house guitar act at a bar. And Jackson yes. Brown was like, if you come back to the States, I'll give you a record deal. Yeah, he put out the word. He got he got a bunch of people interested in him. And uh, also, Zivan had a really funny line in the Letterman where he's like, "So, what, what were you doing in Spain?" He goes, "I was playing country western songs at an Irish bar." Which is <laughs> 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 a perfect joke. It's like that's really funny. Uh, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, I wanted to put that first. Just yeah, and. The idea initially was like, let's go silly, beautiful, silly, beautiful, silly, beautiful. But yeah. then it, I just like certain songs. I'm like, let's just put on whatever. I love it. Um, real quick, the Chinese restaurant mentioned in the song Li Ho Fook is a real location. It's situated on Gerard Street in London's, London's Chinatown. The nearest tube station is Piccadilly. The patron proudly displays Zivon's photo. You know what? I think we got to go on a stand by your band trip and have, <laughs> let's do a show in that uh, Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. This was the only top 40 hit for Zivon as a singer. Uh, but he, I think he wrote a song. For, so uh, he wrote the song. Uh, it says his poor, poor, pitiful me was number 31 for Linda Ronstadt in Linda 1978. Ronstadt, yes. Yep. Uh yeah, let's see. Almost made the list. Great stuff. Great, great stuff. Um, let's see. In some versions, Zevon mentioned the actor Jack Nicholson in the lyrics, often replacing the the werewolf in the last uh the last verse. <laughs> oh, best fact of all, Kid Rock sampled this on his hit all summer long. So nice. uh, <laughs> a meaningful tribute. 
Um, let's see here. So next song we have here is this was on the the dock as well and uh, very emotional. Uh, here's Keep Me in Your Heart. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Shadows are falling and I'm running out of breath Keep me in your heart for a while If I leave you it doesn't mean I love you any less Keep me in your heart for a while When you get up in the morning and you see that crazy sun in your heart for a while There's a train leaving nightly called when all is said and done Keep me in your heart for a while a funny song to stop playing because it's like all right that's enough out of you i know <laughs> that's why i was having trouble stopping too because it's like <laughs> look it. we'll keep you in your heart in our heart for about 45 seconds brother and then we gotta keep, <laughs> we gotta get it moving <laughs> that song uh it's a, a truly beautiful song uh but it's so funny like when i was that came out when i was like 12 or 13 and i was watching vh1 a lot and they played all the time and it was like this beautiful like tribute video they had of like him in the studio, but also him in the past. And it, it was just also somber that it was like that was just what I thought Warren Zevon was. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought he was this like really sentimental heartstrings guy. Like I yeah, really, like a James Taylor type or something. A hundred percent James yeah. Taylor type. Yeah. So it was always like I was never really that interested in him because I was like, Oh, this is a really sad, beautiful song, but it's like I don't you know, I'm, I want to listen to Panic at the Disco or whatever yeah. I was listening to at that time. <laughs> but um it literally wasn't until and I'm just bring this up because the song's not on your playlist, but when they played Desperados under the eaves at the end of a true detective episode. Yeah. And I thought it was like the coolest song I'd ever heard. And I was like, that's the fucking guy who sang keep me in your heart for a while. What the <laughs> that's, why I, that's why I love him. You can't box him in the corner, man. Yeah. yeah that song is, uh, it's brutal. That I, yeah. I mean, you talked about like his family. I think about songs like that and I'm like, can you imagine if that was your dad and he wrote that fucking oh, song? It, you wouldn't be able to live for a month. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so much better that he did than if he did. You know? Yeah. It, like there's a verse down. later where it's like, uh, maybe when you're doing simple things around the house, you'll think of me and smile. Mm. I just, I Ooh. mean, kill me. Damn. <laughs> Damn. So yeah. good. That's yeah, that's, uh, that's an all timer for me. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a beautiful song. Um and it's like you can tell that him and Dylan are friends and stuff. Like the voices are kind of like uh that's a that felt like a very Dylan-y type yeah. thing too. It's I love that so much. Um damn. All those is- guys love him and I think mm-hmm. I think he has something they don't and they know it. Like they became too famous and they mm-hmm. lost a part of themselves that he still had. Like Tom Petty's been on his backing vocals. Everyone's been involved with them, and it's like Frankstein, yeah. That reverence is so uh, telling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a great quote in that. Uh, there's so many great quotes in that in that VH1 doc, and one of them that I really uh, loved. And I think this was somebody talking about him, where they were like, once he said, uh, "You really want to have." a great start of your career. Like you want to have like a big thing at the beginning of your career and then a big thing at the very end. And like, that's the perfect career because that way you can end on, you get to like leave on top, even though, you know, even if you had a slump, like in the middle, it doesn't matter. It's that like final taste in your mouth. Uh, it's yeah, it's really brilliant way of looking at uh, a career. Um, cause most people would be like, oh yeah, I want to stay on top the entire time. Obviously that uh, you just got to keep chasing this thing. And he's like, no, like you just need the, the beginning and the end to be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, let's hear I, <laughs> for my next trick. I'll need a volunteer. Woo. Man, this is like making me wish I drove to Indiana because I would listen to this. This is like, this is good driving music, like Petty kind of. It's yeah, it's uh, damn, that's good. That might be my favorite one. That one's fucking great. Great yeah. song. He's such it's a good a- uh, piano player. <laughs> like I always love those piano parts. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. I like his voice a lot too. I'm I'm yeah. fully in. Yeah, it's the perfect vehicle for those lyrics that are so funny. Yes, he. Um, there was a very funny story I read about him about how he got his first piano, and it starts. Uh, so it starts like describing his parents. Uh, so his mom came from a nice Mormon family, and his father 
in quotes, Stumpy Zivon, who <laughs> uh, was a hard-bitten Jewish immigrant from Russia who found work as a bookie connected with uh, a notorious L.A. gangster. And the parents divorced, and then at age nine, Stumpy suddenly reappeared and gifted young Warren with a piano <laughs> he won in a poker game. <laughs> um, Warren beamed, though his mother immediately ordered the piano out of the house. A fight ensued. Warren then watched his father pick up a knife and hurl it at his mother's head. Fortunately, his aim was slightly off, and Warren got to keep the piano wow that's amazing uh yeah, they don't make them like that anymore yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that also, song yeah explains a lot of yeah. his problems uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like oh that was his childhood okay. <laughs> damn um yeah that's that's a wild one and uh <laughs> Yep, that that's. that's so I funny. feel like that's how most pianos are brought into home. That's how Charlie Brown, or no, that's how that. <laughs> damn it! What's the name of the kid with the piano and Charlie Brown? Linus. Lionel. No, Linus. No, Linus. Linus has the blanket, doesn't he? Yes, which his dad won in a uh, game of caps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great, Schroeder. There it is. I think yeah. that's Schroeder. Dennis, um, right? <laughs> Michael's allergic to peanuts, so he doesn't know any of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right let's uh let's hear this next song that i really fucking enjoyed oh wait no before we go listen to the next song i almost forgot because we haven't done one in a couple weeks we have a segment to get to which is our friend and foe of the show jared thompson who i think i'm gonna see tomorrow and uh who you can see on vice's hunters uh it's it's on demand now so you can check that out it's uh it's an episode about a Midwest comedy club booker who uh, makes magical things happen and finds talent in uh, in Indiana, and that man is this man, Jared Thompson. So here are Jared's thoughts on Warren Zevon. What's up, y'all? It's this week's he went to Jared. The boys are going to have a guest on uh, discussing Warren Zevon. Um, this is a super blind spot for me. I have to admit that, like, even with all the music that I've listened to in my life and all the records that I own and and just the amount of depth of how I've wanted and sort of thirsted for knowledge of music. I've never connected with Warren Zevon the way that I think people would sort of expect me to have and or that I think I should have. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I would go as far as to say that I'm un. Like, I know a lot of his songs, and I appreciate the songwriting of it. I just don't necessarily listen to it very much. But, you know, I remember being very affected because of how how emotional that his music is. I was very affected the day he died and just sort of the time frame around it. And um, I... You know, I look at him in the same way as I look at maybe like Randy Newman, although I've listened to much more Randy Newman in my life where it's like they're very whimsical and it's it's just it's, um, you know, there's a very, very specific type of person that listens to it. But it definitely d- deserves um, in on this podcast. It definitely is a type of thing that would be more of an appreciation uh, show than it would be, you know, um, a uh, d- defense. So, anyway, uh, I'm going to listen and hopefully learn uh, more about uh, Mr. Zivon. And uh, anyway, I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. All right. That was 
Jared Thompson and his thoughts on Warren Zevon. I am kind of surprised to to hear that, but then again, that's one of those people that I know Jared and how he if he liked them, I would have known. But or if he liked Warren Zevon, he would know. I would know. But uh, yeah, I wonder if this would be up his alley because I I don't really. Yeah, I'm I'm curious if he would uh if he would if you'd find him listening to something like this a lot. But I he, really enjoy it. He hit the nail on the head like before this. I was kind of thinking like who can you even compare him to? And the only person I thought of was like Randy Newman. Is like the only other person I can think of. That is a great comparison. That level of success but is still like kind of funny. Mhm. Um I don't know. There's uh, Leonard Cohen has some funny songs. Yeah. Um Leonard Cohen, I think, is a great example, and somebody who we just did on the show not too long ago. Um, as he's in the more, same realm, he's of like, more devastating though. I yeah. feel like he'll well, kill your heart. He harder. is really funny though, too. So it's True. tough. Uh, I mean, he was a stand-up comedian. Like he was like legit funny. And Holy so, shit! I did not know that. Yeah, he the I watched this doc about him when we did that episode, and it opens with him doing stand-up, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that he was like a comedian. Yeah, but he's I mean, he's really great. But this is a good comparison, and I think. Just showing how funny uh, Warren Zevon is. This next song was make was really was really tickling me, uh, and I and I just enjoyed it. It's a great song. This next song is uh, called <laughs> "My Shit's Fucked Up." <laughs> That's a song that is like morbid, but it's also funny. I mean, it's a funny way to put it. My shit's fucked up. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I love yeah, that. I love that one. Uh, and also, it's... it happens to the best of. After he says that it happened, it happens to the best of us. That's. I yeah. mean, that's a funny line. <laughs> that to me is uh, that song links. Warren Zevon, that song in my mind to another piece of art I like a lot that is just about uh, funny sadness, which is inside Lewin Davis. Mm. To oh, me, like yeah. that's the problem with Lewin. Like he, it's not that he's like you know lost any talent. It's just like he can't get out of his own way. His shit's fucked up. You know, <laughs> um, I had a dream. Oh, shucks. Oh well. Yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah, it's like 
deeply funny. Oh shucks, oh well, is great. <laughs> yeah. Especially in that voice, that like haunting voice. That oh shucks, yeah. it's it's he's like doing the voice. It's like the Johnny Cash "I hurt myself today" voice to say my shit's fucked up. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, so good. Uh, all right, we got a couple more songs here. Let's hear them, and then because uh, we got we got some comments to get to. So the next song here, God, this was just. A, I don't want to get ahead of uh, myself here, but man, this is a great playlist you put here to here I appreciate together you. here, Timlin. Respect, honor. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's hear lawyers, guns, and money. This song, best opening line of all time in any rock song. That is fucking awesome. And what's crazy is it's like based on a true story that uh, Zevon once stated that this was based on a true story. He and his manager were partying in Mexico when the party decided to take to the road and it looked like it was about to hit the fan. Zevon's manager feigned a phone call, send lawyers. Zevon jumped in and guns. And money. <laughs> that is fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, I really, I really love that. If Damn. that don't get you on your feet, your shit's fucked up. That's uh, <laughs> that is that. Like you said, Tommy, that opening line—that's oh as funny God. as anything in Jack Handy's <laughs> The like Stench I of Honolulu. Do. Like that <laughs> so is good. that level funny. Just like I always do. Uh yeah, that's 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 just that's incredible. just a banger. That is a great song. She was with the Russians too. <laughs> so good, so good. Uh man, I love that song. What a ki- that's what I mean. Just a killer back to back to back of songs. Like 
to go from my shit's fucked up to that is uh it's just great uh and this the last song you picked here had to uh, pick it had to it's so it's so good and i was watching uh so i was little insider i was watching baseball when this came on and i was like this is a perfect sports song it's so it's just great uh it's 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 the hockey song hit somebody uh and it's just it's about a goon and i I love it here's uh here's hit somebody I uh, spoiler. Guess what? Buddy scores a goal at the let's end. Go. Let's, let's go. This is the problem with uh, doing storytellers on this show is we can't ever hear the end of the story or we can't hear the beginning of the story. So right, that song, man. When people build a world like that in three minutes, I don't care how silly or funny it is. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in that world. I am in those stands banging on the glass, wanting <laughs> Buddy to score a goal. I like lose my mind when I listen to that song, man. Yeah, there. It's that is just a fun ass song, man. And a couple pretty. This is where the fun facts are. This song is where all the fun facts are. Unlike that dumbass Huffington Post list that's like, did he? He had a uh, uh, cancer. Fun fact. <laughs> Um, so this is, uh, from the album, my rides here, 2002. Do you know who he co-wrote this song with? Ooh, daddy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the lyrics for the song were written by, uh, Warren Zevon and, oh, wait, 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 wait. No, actually, I don't think, I think that I don't even think it's co-written. I think it's just written by, uh, Mitch album. Oh, who what? you may know from Tuesdays with uh, with Maury. I almost said Tuesdays with stories. Uh, That's Tuesday, so funny. Tuesdays with Maury and the five people you meet in heaven. Yeah, uh, but I he was also a sports columnist for the Detroit Free Press. Yeah. So and he uh, was a longtime friend of Zevon. So I guess he wrote this and then 
was like, here you go, man. Uh, He's like famously friends with a lot of writers and stuff. I didn't know that. You know, he like took songs from him. That's so funny. (laughs) Uh, Rick Riley wrote uh, Werewolves of London. Uh, other fun fact: Do you know what other what famous friend of Zevon was is yelling? Hit somebody! Ooh, I'm excited to find out. Um, one of the Everly Brothers, maybe. David Letterman oh, is the one cool, yelling, man. "Hit somebody!" Isn't that fucking awesome? That's, that's very cool. I didn't cool. pick that up at all when I was listening to it, and then as soon as I read the name, I was like, oh, that, "That's ex- that's exactly him." Yeah, that's, that's so cool. It's so yeah, it's perfect. I love that man. so much. Man, that is just cool as hell. Yeah, that that song, um, my shit's fucked up. All those songs uh, of that vein that are like that funny. I I can't help but wonder if he was so talented, he was like low key bored. Yeah, where he's just like, I could write you a someone's life story that's like you know exceedingly meaningful and poignant and relates to the times, but instead, I'm you know. I, I, this is what you're going to get, buddy. You know, I, yeah, I wonder which one it is because there's a quote in that VH1 thing where he's talking about putting together that final album where he's like, the songs are just coming. It's like, it's not, the writing has been so easy. And he's like, it's not like that most of the time. Like, it's, and he was like, it's not really, you know, a trade off I would take, but it's, it's like having like death facing him made the creative process just easy for a little bit you know a lot of there's a lot of albums where people are staring down death that are just really good like john prine's last album really good Mm. leonard cohen he has we should uh, do a john prine episode of this of the appreciation that's who i was gonna pick if it wasn't warren ziva yeah um yeah, that's I. We started this like relatively recently. Uh, by the way, the first one we did of these was Chris Gethard uh, doing Jawbreaker, and uh, Chris has a new special out. So check that yes. out. Yes, um, my life. Yes, he's just and he was just on Hollywood Handbook, and goddamn, it was great. Um, not fun. as funny as when he was on this show, of course, but uh, <laughs> of course, of course. In fact, don't check it out. <laughs> but uh, so that that concludes the playlist. But we do have another segment to get to, which is where we hear from the Peanut Gallery. No offense, uh, Timlin. I got again. my happy pen. I'm good. <laughs> I got it in my. I got it in my book bag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, first, as always, we go to the Patreon people. If you want to get on the Patreon and have your thoughts guaranteed to be read, it's only $3 a damn month to get over there. Um, first one is from Trevor Rodman, who says, Everyone at least knows Werewolves of London, and that is where the catalog ends for me. Well, you are in for a treat there that you've already experienced, I assume, if you're listening to this. Uh, Dylan Pryor says Warren has a song with uh, Springsteen called Disorder in the House where Bruce is so amused by Warren's quirky lyrics that after the line, it's a fate worse than fame, even the Lhasa Apso seems to be ashamed. Bruce laughs and says, I'm going to let Warren handle that one by himself. <laughs> that was in the, yeah, they do that in the documentary. They show uh, Springsteen recording. I, I got to comment on that song because yes. I wanted it to be in the playlist just for this one line. It blew my mind when I was younger, just because, you you know, you, you, America. And then you hear a line that's like, uh, what is it? Land of the brave, home of the free, where the less you know, the better off you'll be. And I was like, mm. wait, are, we're bad. You know? <laughs> 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 uh, 
Wait, are we the baddies? Um, We're bad. uh, All right. Tyler Kirby says, I could be wrong on this, but I believe I remember reading an account of him beating his ex-wife over the fact that she was making him miss a Bruce Springsteen concert. Well, I don't like to hear that. Like I said, not an academic. Didn't know everything. (laughs) That sucks, dude. That's so terrible. Yeah, that's not good at all. But you can't. Uh, I mean, you have to go to like 2013 to find people that are good people. Well, it, it, <laughs> it, it should. I do want to clear. I do want to like not clarify, but point out. He did say I could be wrong. So hey, let's leave I mean, it up for debate. Um, that's no, brutal. That sucks. Some googling uh, to do. Yeah. Do a uh, Dan Clark says, keep me in your heart. will never be, will we'll never not bring a tear to my eye and screw kid rock for bastardizing werewolves of London. Oh yeah. Uh, look, um, that's fair. John Hutelmeyer says, uh, that last album is absolutely brutal. So good, but so sad. True. Uh, Tommy, did anybody do Twitter? We did. Yes. Uh, yeah, Sakashner said, uh, it's always been so funny to me that the line, little old lady got mutilated late last night isn't a pop song. <laughs> uh, Nick Porcaro said, The Wind is one of the best knowingly final albums ever, along with David Bowie's Black Star. Uh, Matt said, Dig his penultimate LP. Uh, I'll slow, uh, you know, I'll slow you down for my next trick on the volunteer. Good stuff throughout. Life will kill you. Made before his diagnosis. Uh, Tyler Partno said one of the greatest and funniest songwriters of all time. Some real beautiful and tender emotional songs in there too. Self-titled and Excitable Boy are two of my all-time favorites. Uh, Excitable Boy is such a great song too. Yeah, that it was, was tough the, not to put that on there. Yeah, that was one of the great live. Uh, his his performance of that on Letterman's really good. If anyone is interested in that. Hell yeah! Um, you already read the millennium here, uh, so I'll say Ruckus Canby said would would have liked to him to do one album with steely dan all right uh <laughs> ryan james he comments that on all your posts <laughs> uh ryan james l says jerry garcia stood up for him after he offended the deadheads and they were throwing things at him that's that's fun <laughs> oh my god um he also says hunter s thompson coined his friends as the one of the coined his friends as one of the greatest songwriters to live or something like that I don't, uh, oh, he, I see what he's saying. He, he coined him. What, all right, whatever. Uh, his sin on Letterman before he passed was d- different than anything I'd seen and a huge, and huge for me as a fan. Yes. Um, and then somebody puts the Jeff LaFave, put the enjoy every sandwich thing. Zach Peterson says Desperado's Under the Eaves is one of the greatest songs of all time. He has two no skip banger records. Hell yeah. Uh, and then somebody says, which two? Because I'll give him three between Dan Mendendahl says, which two? Because I'll give him three between his first excitable boy and the wind. All right. James Egas says, agree. Tom Miller says, uh, discovering Zevon's catalog was life changing. One of my favorite songwriters ever. Bobby Buds says, uh, okay, so back in like 2013, there was a bill that the governor of Minnesota wanted to pass that would ban all lawyers, guns, and money throughout the entire state. Fox News covered it like crazy, and they called it the war on (laughs) Zevon. I don't remember that. Um, Mitchell Potts says he was fantastic on Letterman as one of the greatest American singer-songwriters. Desperados Under the Eaves is my... uh, Favorite top favorites is in my top five favorite songs and might even be my favorite. Wow. 
Also, Hit Somebody is hilarious and is my favorite sports-related song. It it might be the best sports-related song because most sports-related songs do suck. So <laughs> that is uh that is a good one. Um, yeah, let's see. There's a there's a lot on here. James Fritz said uh, he made being funny in a song look easy, which is not which it is not. Maybe my favorite songwriter. Check out that last VH1 special about him. We did that already. Uh, it's on YouTube. You guys can check it out too. He said it's really good. Uh, Troy Tate says best songwriter in all of rock and roll, criminally underrated. Jay Baker says my shit's fucked up. Um, let's see. All right, I'll read. I'll read one more here. Uh, Larry Fulford says for my next trick, I'll need a volunteer. And I was in the house when the house burned down. Are both absolute bangers, along with everything folks have already mentioned. The dude was basically a dark comedy poet. Also, I tweeted this six years ago, and I stand by it. One of the reasons I like Warren Zevon so much is he looked like an English professor who was on his way to work one day when he just said, fuck this, and drove to a recording studio. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. That's Those are the comments. Um, oh, yeah. If you want yours guaranteed to be read, get on that Patreon, because if they get too loaded up on the Facebook, we don't have time. So uh, that that's, that's going to do it. And now it's time for the final... Uh, part of the show where we rate the playlist which i honestly don't even think there's any reason to do i i, I i'm gonna give it a perfect six i i really enjoyed every song and uh tommy uh you, you think we need to rate this no no yeah i feel yeah. the same way but mike just uh do you, do you have any uh final thoughts on the man yeah i mean it's it's one of those playlists where like i could have picked any of his songs and it'd be a six out of six and you heard the comments everyone who loves him loves him in their like own unique way he's just uh he's very real where like your life you know like your real life feels meaningful but it also feels like a big joke it's like uh it's undeniably relatable the the humor and the uh, meaning in it yeah absolutely uh timlin you did a fucking great job here man and uh appreciate you honor respect (laughs) (laughs) uh i love you buddy and we appreciate you doing this um so the podcast is uh work sucks i know uh is there anything else you want to promote on the way out here that's it man thank you so much for having me tom and tommy of course man uh before before you go so when when am i going to be on the show yeah that's a good question i'd love to have you I'd love to. I'd love to. That's the weird thing. Like me and you are actually friends and Tom, we're actually friends and stuff. And I, I don't know like how, I don't know. You never know if someone wants to do that. It's like, a fucking, <laughs> you know, do you want to go to therapy? That's pretty much how I handle it. It's Heavens like, tell no. me, tell me why work makes you sad and why comedy makes you happy for 65 minutes. It's like a weird ass. But men, now that I know you're interested, I'd fucking love to. Men would rather go on work sucks. I know than go to therapy. Uh, well, that is, uh, yeah, that, it sounds like, uh, this is how it should be done. Uh, yes. from now on, whenever we have a guest on the show, we're going to get a, our own little bookings out of it too. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> on Mike. <laughs> um, all right. I will be in, um, wait, which, uh, okay, sorry, okay. So I'll be in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, June 18th. So come out to that and Houston, Texas at uh riot, uh, that is June 19th. So come on out. And uh, Tommy and I will be in Boise for the Tree Fort 
comedy festival. It's or Treefort. It's music and comedy. I think that's sometime in September. I need to double check on that. Yes. But yes. Uh, so come on and uh, see us. We'll be doing a live stand by your band out there. So do that. And Tommy, anything else I'm missing here? Uh, well, yeah, get tickets to me and Luke Mona's have a show at Union Hall June 25th that I'm very excited about. So uh, get your tickets to that. Hell yeah. All right, y'all. Once again, thank you, Mr. Michael Timlin. We love you. And uh, follow Mike on all platforms and check out that podcast. We'll see you next week. Keep it crispy. Bye.